It's 12-Sided Guys time. We have Matt playing Pine the Swordsman. Hi. Scott playing Roos the Bounty Hunter. That's me. Jordan playing Ebby the Robot. Salutations. <laughs> robot. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina playing Nari the Axe-wielding She-Hulk. Hey there. <laughs> and me, Paul, playing the Sadistic Dungeon Master. Sup. Welcome back to our continuing adventure in the world of Pavantis. If you want to learn more about Pavantis and hear some extra content, or maybe check out my DM notes in the form of a wiki, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. There's a couple of different options on there, and even if you just want to show us some love, maybe buy us a family-sized Papa Murphy's pizza, you can do that too. Speaking of showing some love, shout out to our patron Daniel. Daniel, I love you. And if your idea of a romantic love story involves a white mage archer and a paladin whose dad is from the moon, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 12. Point of, point of order, Paul. He's from the second moon. Oh, gosh. It's, they still call it the moon. His dad is a Lunarian. Yes, yeah, sorry. His dad is a Lunarian. Is, is his brother Fusoya? No. His brother is his Golbez. Uncle. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. The, his uncle. So I'm saying that the, the, Cecil's dad's brother is Fusoya. That's right. Okay. And his dad's name is Kluya. That's right. That's right. I may or may not have just watched a like review thing <laughs> on Final Fantasy II just recently. Oh, I, That's no, awesome. I dug in really deep when I was writing the description for the random saved game, just making sure that I got that it was the watery pass. You know, because oh. I, I remember it as the watery passage, but it's the watery pass. So honestly, watery pass sounds like a medical condition. <laughs> oh man! All right. Okay. Deep under the earth. In the ancient facility beneath Moshe's shrine, in a room with multicolored tiles, we find Nari and the boys relaxing and recovering from a fierce battle, as well as from a very tense interrogation of Chancellor Ramsey. As we look around the room, we see Roos with a paper and quill scratching out a letter. Tigish, I've been in Arkelvi for a few weeks now, and quite a bit has transpired in my short search for the air. I question your choice on putting me on this assignment, but I trust your judgment. I made contact with Fallen Heaven and embedded myself into a small group working for them. They're not quite associated with them, but they're working for them. This may take some time, but I confronted the, the leader of the local cell of Fallen Heaven, and although she refused to give me any concrete information... By a crystal's glow, I swear she knows where and who the air is. When we spoke, you mentioned this assignment may last a month or perhaps two, but as I've gotten involved with it, I believe it may run longer than that. While helping Fallen Heaven to win their trust, I helped kill an adjudicator, and we captured Chancellor Ramsey. Now we are en route to reconvene with Fallen Heaven and deliver Chancellor Ramsey to them. My plan is to barter Ramsey for more information about the whereabouts on this air. I'll write you again when I have more information. Roos. Okay. Everyone kind of 
comes to, wakes up, uh, riles themselves up a little bit uh, from their rest and relaxation. You guys have now had a long rest. And I realize we may not have said this last episode. Um, I think we said it in our bonus episode, but you guys are now level five. Woo-hoo! So we'll, we'll count this as level five with a long rest. So consider yourselves pretty much right back to full health. I believe everyone's exhaustion levels are gone, except for Chancellor Ramsey, who is groggily waking up on the floor, still with a bag over his head, his legs manacled together, and his hand, I believe, still tied down to that manacle. Um, He is not awake yet, but he is starting to move and um, rustle a little bit. Before he gets up too much, I would love to put a gag around him as well. Okay. I just, I, I'm being, he, being that he's a spellcaster, I'm worried about him being able to do things even if he doesn't have his focus or his book. Okay. Yeah, you ask Bruce and he pulls out a ball gag, no problem. No questions asked. Yeah, I keep one in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as you take the gag and you, you uh, the, not the ball gag, sorry, the piece of fabric, you tie it around his mouth, you get in there nice and tight, he, uh, you know, you kind of have to pull the mask up. He, you can tell that he, he rouses and he kind of starts to squirm and fight a little bit and you get the, the rag around his mouth and he, he gives up, he gives up and he just kind of calmly lays back down. You hear a little bit of a, and then he's quiet and still. Well, I believe it's time for us to head out. Which way should we take? If we go, let's remind us of the distances, Paul. Yeah. Okay. So we need to re. Uh, so here's the deal. Between sessions, I actually did some measuring um, instead of just going off the top of my head. So last time we talked, uh, if you guys wanted to get down to, um, you guys are, you need to get down to the lake, and um, it's Westfell Lake, which is a lake that there's a river that comes out of the mountains and it runs right along the southern edge of Tabory. In fact, that's where that there was a ferry on the south side of Tabory. It goes across that river. It's called the Long River. The Long River feeds into Westfell Lake. And that's where you're supposed to meet Fallen Heaven is on the shore of Westfell Lake. Now, to get there, last time I told you it would take a certain number of days. I actually did the measuring now on the map in between sessions. So if you were to go down from where you're at, at this facility and head back down through Tabory and then go to the lake, it would take you a total of three days. If you go to the east, um, to kind of avoid Tabory, but maybe um, come into contact with possibly some of these Imperial soldiers that are out in the woods, it will take you four days. And if you go west around Tabory and actually go on the other side of the river, because you'd have to get on the other side of the river, um, it'll take you probably five days. So three days through Tabory, four days to the east, five days to the west. I'm not sure. I'm super excited about the idea of going back to Tabory. I mean, I'll do whatever we need to do, but. Yes, it seems like going a bit close to the hornet's nest, no? One that we just kicked. (laughs) I don't think any of us want to get stung. So let's either take the east route or the west route. I, I think that the west route sounds good to me. It's the safest. It'll take a bit longer, but. We don't run the risk of running into some of the Imperial patrols. I agree. We're not on a schedule. We don't have any deadlines. Let's take our time and be cautious and safe about this. My only concern is keeping a prisoner for that long. 
um, especially trying to keep it under wraps. Do you, do any of you know how heavy the traffic will be going that route? In my experience, people won't ask questions. They'll be on a leash. If anyone brings anything up, I'll show them my symbol for the Howling Talon and explain what I'm doing. Barring any Imperial encounters, I don't think we'll have a problem with anybody else. Sounds good. Now, uh, Jordan, I think Ebby would probably have a pretty good idea of this area. So if you wanted to make a survival check, um, Ebby, make a survival check. We can see kind of what you know about each of these paths. Yeah, let's do that. Boom. Ooh, 24. Ooh. All right. 24. Well, you know, this is um, you actually have spent a lot of time up here in the mountains and in the forest. You know that if you were to head east, um, there is a path that comes down out of the mountain. Um, however, it is also that path that kind of leads back to Tabri. But you can find other ways to get off that road. Um, it should be fairly easy going. The concern would be running into the Imperial soldiers that are still out there somewhere. Um, going to the west would definitely be harder travel. It would a lot of it would not be on the road. Um, and you would know that probably the not necessarily close to Tabri, but for a big chunk of the travel, traveling along the river would probably be the, the quickest way to do it. Like not in the river, but like on the bank of the river. And you even with a 24, you even know of a good place to ford the river further up into the mountains where uh, before it gets too deep and treacherous. Perfect. So rather than me trying to paraphrase all that to everybody, um, I will just have conveyed or Abby will have conveyed that to the group then. That sounds like a wonderful plan, Abby. You know these mountains so well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then are you guys ready to start moving out? Yeah, let's head west. Well, I think we should break our fasts first and then, you know, keep up our strength. I think that sounds like a lovely idea. I've been contemplating a few additional uh, conjurations with the magic that I've been that I've been learning, and I think I have the ability for us to perhaps summon some some animals, some some horses that we might be able to ride for a little bit. I'd have to use a few of my uh, I'd have to drain some of my magical ability, but I could do that. Well, that'd be wonderful. I haven't ridden in a while. So, just so everybody knows, uh, with our level up, I took the third level spell of conjure animals. And so we could conjure up to, you know, for example, we could get like eight riding horses <laughs> if we wanted to, or draft horses. Or we could get four war horses, which is kind of rad. <laughs> nice. It'd be really cool if the war horses came with like barding and everything, but they're still they're just <laughs> war horses. But yeah, that's pretty slick. So we'd be riding bareback then. I uh, yeah, I believe so. That's cool. I mean, we're we're heroic figures, so we can ride bareback. <laughs> and Pine's not having any more kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you guys are having some breakfast, it sounds like. Before you guys go. Except for whoever mm -hmm. has that one Aeon, 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 Aeon stone of oh, yes. not having the to Aeon eat. Aeon stone of, of sustenance. Did, did we decide who had that? I think we all decided that we like to eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all like food. It's because we keep saying Papa Murphy's pizza and stuff. And that's why we're always like, yo, sustenance. No, I don't. I want to eat. I don't want to have a crystal that makes me not want to eat. Yeah. 
right. Yeah, I can't remember who ended up taking that one on. I think we but. just stowed it in like a group inventory, if you will. Mm-hmm. We haven't really um, established what we're doing with all that stuff, but I just assumed, you know, someone's holding it for the party. Oh, I thought somebody was was wearing the boots with the fur. I, I re-listened to it. I thought Nari took the boots with the fur, but I had yeah. the apple bottom jeans. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought you put the apple bottom jeans on uh, Ramsey. That's uh, well, right. We put them on him, but they were my apple bottom jeans. You've you've got this guy who's laying there with a bag over his head. His 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 hands are manacled to his his hand is manacled to his legs, but his ass looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have I do have the brooch of shielding though. I did I did end up with that. Okay. All right. Well, very good. Okay. Um, so here's what's going to happen. You guys are eating your breakfast, kind of getting yourselves ready for the day. Um, uh, we'll say, Roos, you're kind of checking on Ramsey and his bonds and everything, checking on the foot that got hurt the other day. Nari, uh, just so you're aware, you've, you're probably thinking you're probably have to carry this guy up those stairs to get back out um, to the Shrine of Moshe. Um, Pine, you're sitting over in a corner, and as you're eating breakfast, uh, maybe. Maybe it's age catching up to you a little bit, or maybe just the excitement of the other day, but you feel your, your head kind of start to nod a little bit and you, you kind of, you, you, you know what, maybe you got up a little bit early. So you, you decide to close your eyes and you feel yourself start to, to dream. And, um, as your mind kind of gains that cloudiness that comes with dreams where it feels very real, but you know, it's, it's not. And when you wake up, you're, it's fairly obvious that it's not real. Um, this is a little bit different. Um, you actually, as you are drifting off to sleep, suddenly you the the ethereal cloud around you of this kind of dream state, suddenly light starts to shine through until you realize you're standing in a small kind of uh, semicircular chamber. There is lantern light uh, on the walls, um, uh, magically lit um, light. There is a big table in front of you and seated in eight chairs around the back of the room. You see figures. Um, most of the figures are kind of wavy and, and faded with, with memory, but you recognize one of the figures uh, sitting at the desk. You recognize uh, Field Marshal Kennig. And at this point, you know exactly where you are. You are in the tribunal during the Imperial War against Menarest when uh, Lieutenant General Pine was relieved of his command. Do I feel the do I feel the pain from the recent injuries? Make a perception check. Okay, Pine rolled a nine. A nine? Um, you don't feel the pain. You 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 are standing just as you did at that moment. Um, you have a cane in your hand. Uh, and you, your eyes um, lock on to Field Marshal Kennig's uh, eyes. Field Marshal Kennig, at this point in time, this is 15 years ago, he's already an old man. Um, in fact, he is as old in this memory as you are now, Pine. Um, you see his hair has turned a kind of a, a gray. He's got um, kind of rounded ears, kind of like a, uh, a, like a tiger's ears. Um, and you know that they used to be vibrant and auburn. Um, and his hair was was very fiery, but now it's all faded to gray. 
just like his beard, but his eyes are still, they still have that twinkle of blue um, uh, intelligence and, uh, and life and vitality. And you realize what's happening in your dream at this moment. This is the moment where you turn on your heel and you leave the room. And at this point, you have no control over yourself. You leave the room. You can remember the emotions that you were feeling. What emotions was Pine feeling at this moment in time? Pine felt extremely weak. So you mentioned that he had his cane with him. Um, he actually had left it out in the hallway because he didn't want to be seen as weak. So he actually did his best not to limp into the room. So he's feeling he's already at this point as he's leaving. He's he's already stumbled in front of them. Uh, 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 Pine, yeah. look down at your cane. It is in your hands. And as you look at your cane, you see notches and dings and wear and tear on this cane. And somewhere in the back of your mind, you know this is not right. You know that up until this point, you had never used a cane in your life. And the cane that was presented to you when you woke up in that hospital was brand new and in perfect condition. This cane that you have in your hands that you did have in the tribunal just now, it is the cane that you've been carrying in the campaign so far that you've been using as a shield. Okay. I, I look at my clothing. I, I, you said I, I'm, you know, I'm turning. I'm already walking out. I, as I, mm -hmm. I try to pay attention to my clothing, does it look like my, my old uniform or what I have done to it in the, in the years since? It looks like your old uniform. But as you look at your hands and at your cane, you see age spots on your hands that you know weren't there 15 years ago. Okay. And you can't control where you go. And it's one of those things where you start to walk in a direction and suddenly you're there and you are in the kind of the waiting room, the dressing room where you had been waiting to go in for your tribunal and where you retired afterwards. It's just a small, maybe 15 feet by 15 foot room. Um, you have some of your belongings there. There is a desk and a chair and you are sitting there. And like you said, you felt weak and you hear a knock on the door. And you hear a voice and it's an attendant. And the attendant says, Lieutenant General Pine, Field Marshal Kennig would like to speak with you. Now, Pine, do you remember what you said after the tribunal? when Field Marshal Kennig wanted to speak with you? I do remember what I said. Um, Pine, Pine told the attendant that the Field Marshal had just told him to retire and go back to his family, and that's what he intended to do. And so he did not go in to see Field Marshal Kennig. He left and never saw him again. You feel yourself, you know that's what you said, but the words that come out of your mouth are, Show him in, please. And suddenly, Pine, you are sitting there, and the door opens, and in walks this old man with gray hair and beard, gray ears up on top of his head, kind of laying back uh, with age and fatigue. And he looks older than he ever has. And he comes in, and he sits on the bench next to you. Now, at this point, Pine realizes this is a dream. But it's more than a dream. Is there anything Pine wants to say to Field Marshal Kennig? If not, there's plenty that Field Marshal Kennig wants to say to Pine. I, oh, I think the first things out of his mouth would be, Field Marshal, sir, 
I regret not speaking with you the last time I had the chance. He, he listens to what you have to say, and he, he's not making eye contact. He kind of bows his head and, and nods it slowly. And he looks over at you, and he says, All in the past. All in the past. And he says, Lieutenant General Temrid Pine retired. That has an odd ring to it. I thought surely my days of waging war would end long before yours. I mean, look at you. You're still in your prime. <laughs> You're too kind. But it's obvious that my time for soldiering has passed. And he says, well, I don't know about that. He says, Pine, I'm, I'm sorry that I did not stand up for you as much as I should have during the tribunal. Laying what happened at Redleaf at your feet is not accurate, and more importantly, it's not fair. He says, you have always been an invaluable advisor, a trusted subordinate, and a true friend. You've protected me from enemies all these years, and now, now I'll do my best to return the favor. He puts his hand on your hand. He looks you in the eye. He gives you a wink. And then he stands up and turns around to leave. Field Marshal. He turns back around. There is still life in me. There is still some good I can do. Even though I'm no longer with the military no longer fighting for men arrest. I continue to fight against the Empire. I hope you know that. He nods and he says, Oh, I know. I know. And so do I. And then he turns, and as he walks out, you see he is wearing his field marshal's jacket, which is very similar to yours. It's blue. He's got the short cape on the back. Um, it's white i believe with um gold trim around the edges he is the highest ranking military um officer in the entire menarest army you see strapped across his back is his very long s-stock which is basically like a great sword but it's it's pointed it's it's a thin blade and it's it's pointed it's designed for thrusting and for piercing not for slashing and as he puts his hand on the door and opens the door and walks out suddenly your dream fades and you you come to yourself and you are still in the ancient facility beneath Mo Lord Moshe's shrine I think uh, Pine wipes some tears and stands up <clears throat> yes everyone <clears throat> I believe it's I believe it's time we, we set out alright well how do you guys want to get out of here? <laughs> you guys have the passageway that leads back to the, the spiral staircase back up to Lord Moshe's shrine. Um, you have a tied up chancellor with an injured foot uh, as well as exhausted and a bag over his head. So you guys tell me what you want to do. I mean, I can easily carry the chancellor either way. Okay. Yeah, I... My vote would be to uh, head up the stairs. Yeah, probably better than going back through the facility and going to where the Fallen Heaven camp was, where there's probably like 
60 or so guards waiting. Wisdom. <laughs> Abby, would you like to, um, do you, do you think we should leave the crystals in the, in the first statue so we know where they are if we have to come back here for any reason? Exactly. I was actually just thinking that. Uh, Ebby's going to walk over and deposit those crystals back in the statue to the east side of the room. The one that looks more like the kind of the bird creature. Yeah. Perfect. The one that will not open the passageway. Perfect. All right. Awesome. All right. Then you guys gather up your things and wait, wait, what if what if you have to like put it in multiple times to open up the other secret passageway? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Fine just really wants another secret passageway. You guys spend 10 minutes picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down, putting down the red ones first and then the green ones and all this. Uh, Maybe yeah, it's four times. Ebby's yeah. going to walk around the room and poke at the wall until he finds a part that sounds different. Yeah, <laughs> I think mine already tried that. You guys did. are all four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42, something like that. Good <laughs> <laughs> old lost. Okay, I wasn't sure if anyone would get that one. Okay, awesome. Okay, yeah, no more secret passages. Okay. Should we take the same marching order? I can go up first, scout it out, since I can see in the dark, and then the rest of you can follow. That's fine. I want to stick close to our friend here. We gotta, gotta think of a name to call him while we're traveling. I don't want to call him Ramsey. Don't want to call him the Chancellor. Maybe have a good nickname for the guy? Applebottom. <laughs> I, that's oddly fitting. All right. Our From here on out, while we're traveling. He's apple bottom until we deliver him to fallen heaven. Oh my gosh, that's so perfect. Oh, you guys could have called him like Flow Rider or something like that. Oh, but that's all good. <laughs> all right. Very good. Okay. So you you march out, I'm guessing carefully and slowly, um, out the hallway. You go up into the staircase, you march around the staircase. It is um, Nara, you're tough. I mean, I don't know what your strength score is, but it's high. Um, but still, after a while, it starts to kind of wear on you, but you're fine. You can handle it. No exhaustion or anything. But um, you are climbing the steps. I mean, it takes you like 10 minutes to get down. It takes you like 12 or 13 minutes to get back up of straight climbing. Um, and anyone who's done the stair stepper for that long knows that's, you know, that's that'll work up a sweat. Um, but eventually you get to the top. Pine, you see the lever that opens up the, the uh, tree planter um, apparatus. I'm to the top. I'm going to open the passageway. Everybody be ready. Who knows who could be in the in the shrine? So I'll do that. I'll just I'll carefully open it and then try to as uh, quietly as possible, swing the door open. All right. As you um, you pull the lever and then you can it just moves like um, just very easily. You just kind of put your hands on it and just the friction of your fingertips is able to actually get it to start moving until you can get a finger. Um, up in the gap that it, that it creates and you push it over to the side and sun starts shining down and through and you are in Lord Moshe's shrine. There is birds tweeting in the sky. There's uh, some clouds. As you look around, um, I want um, I want Ebby to make a survival check. You got it. Let's go ahead and check on that. Everybody else can make perception checks. Ebby rolled a 12. Okay. Pine rolled a 23 for his perception check. Okay. That's an at 20. Ooh, nice. nice. Nari got an 18. Okay. And Roos got a 7. Oh, fantastic. Um, Roos, you are just uh, transfixed by these apple bottom jeans in your face. Um, 
Happens to the best of us, Ooh. my man. <laughs> yeah, you know, not much I can do. Oh, gosh. Okay, uh, so, Ebby, you step out, you look up in the sky, you look around, you see kind of just the normal wildlife that you would expect to be um, around at this time. Um, like, um, there's some birds that you see that are coming down out of the mountains heading south. You see wisps of clouds going by. It is a cold day, but it's one of those days, again, where it's it's so sunny that it's hard to tell that it's fall. Um, Pine, as you look around with your 23 perception, you see in the distance um, to the, um, uh, I guess it'd be to the west, the northwest, coming down off the mountains, you see um, clouds. You see big, heavy clouds like starting to uh, accumulate there in the mountains. Um, and your guess would be uh, it's going to start to rain here soon, and it might be a pretty nasty storm. Other than that, Lord Moshe Shrine looks just how you had left it. Um, still some bloodstains on the on the stones from when you guys fought the Gobloids and the Hobloids and the Bogloid. Ebby, you would know that um, if you want to get to the ford to get across the river, then you would head um, west. Basically, if you recall, Lord Moshe Shrine had like a, it was kind of at this T intersection of the road where it kept going further north into the mountains or it went south back down to Tabry. And then there is a, an offshoot that heads off to the west and then back down into the forest. And you would know that if you followed that, that little path going to the west, it would eventually get, take you to the point where you can go across the ford. Perfect. Um, yeah, I'll relay that to the broader group. Um, and then, Abby, you'll also say, should I conjure us some, some horses so that way we can ride? Well, yes, it's, it's, if you think we can outrun that storm. Oh, that does look rather imposing off that way. Well, I suppose it can't hurt. We'll try to put as much distance as we can. Sounds good. I just, I worry if the, if the storm comes before we arrive at the ford, it may be rougher than you anticipate. This is very true. Um, quick question for Paul. Yeah. Um, if we were to ride on these horses and just, just abuse the crud out of them, just, <laughs> you know, like gallop and ride them as hard as we can until the magic magic fades after an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you think we could get to that? um fording spot within an hour i think you could get you could get relatively close yeah i'd say if you rode them hard for an hour you would probably be about another hour from the ford so you would you would basically make double or triple time okay well i think i think let's ride as hard as we can and we'll get close to the fording section hopefully the weather won't have turned on us by that time sounds like a plan let's do it bring on the horses yeehaw as Ebby is summoning the horses, Roos will turn to Ramsey and say, All right, Applebottom, if you're good today, I'll give you dinner. <laughs> you, you hear a, mm-hmm, mm. <laughs> He sounds hungry. That's all he can do because he's got a gag in his mouth. Roos will pat him on the shoulder and nod his head. Okay. I feel like Ebby wants to lean in close to him and say, The safety word is mango. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. oh gosh. Uh, I was gonna say he's been saying cacao for a long time. Uh, <laughs> funny, oh mine, is, mine has always been trombone. <laughs> trombone. <laughs> I mean, but isn't the point that it's supposed to be something you're not gonna say? You know, in the heat of the I know it's, it's led to a lot of confusion. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So anyway, um, what's our rating again on this podcast? Uh, Okay, um, so are you doing the riding horses or are you doing the war horse? 
Uh, let's, I think the war horses are probably stronger, my guess would be, especially for charging like this. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, I guess you would have, can a, I make like, a, we'll have to double up, right? We're going to have to put, we're going to have to put apple bottom on the horse with somebody else. If we do the four war horses, I was yeah. going to suggest the same thing. Okay. Well, let's see here. Um, you would know, um, uh, Abby, that. Um, as far as a, a riding horse versus a war horse, they are the same speed. And I mean, a riding horse is plenty strong if you wanted to strap him on to that horse. Um, and then you guys could ride on your own. I mean, the war horse um, for straight up travel. Um, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. It might be overkill. <laughs> it's probably overkill. Let's let's conjure five riding horses then. I know that I can conjure, I think, up to eight, but we don't need that many. So we'll just we'll just get. <laughs> Five but you don't them. want to have like a majestic herd of of, of horses. <laughs> I want Just some a few spares. like riding around us. I want to ride two of them at the same time. <laughs> I'm picturing the horses exactly like your sexy unicorn, and instead of us riding on their backs, they're just carrying us and running <laughs> as they as they as they as they gallop, like just you know, as they skip. Yeah, they're doing the, the galloping woods. like in PE, like you did when you were in elementary school. Exactly, <laughs> oh, they're just gosh. carrying us in their arms. Okay, <laughs> all right. You guys mount up on these horses. You manage to strap down Ramsey. He is surprisingly, um, he's being very helpful he's not fighting he's not thrashing nothing like that um you tie him onto one of these horses and um ebby you lead the way you start just galloping as hard as you can down this mountainside um man from snowy river style um no not quite that bad you're on a road but um yeah you start galloping for um, an hour uh and as you are um riding really hard you guys can't help but notice that yes the clouds are building and building um, Ebby, your best guess is that thanks to the horses, you will probably make it to the Ford before the rain starts. Um, and then if, but if you don't, and if it starts to flood, that would be a very difficult and dangerous crossing. Mm, got okay. it. Um, so, um, I just need, <laughs> I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a butthead. Ebby, why don't you make a, um, oh gosh, what kind of check would that be? Let's just make a straight intelligence check. All righty, let's do that. I do not have actually very actually, great intelligence. Actually, you know what? Wisdom, wisdom is what you use for your spellcasting. What you do, wisdom. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. like, but you're a robot, isn't your brain like a TI ninety five or something like that? <laughs> Surprisingly simple, though. Very simple minded. <laughs> it's like a, it's like like a, like a Casio watch. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, it's like a TI eighty five. So, uh, Ebby rolled a 12 on his wisdom check. Okay. I was going to be a, a butthead and say you lost track of time and all of a sudden you're galloping along and the horses disappear out from underneath you. But that was, yeah. Anyway, you rolled high enough that you're aware. <laughs> oh crap. We better get off these horses before they disappear. Cause they are starting to fade. Um, you, you rein in the horses or, or pull back on their manes or whatever. I mean, you're riding bareback. I don't know what, how you're controlling them, but you're Ebby. So you can talk to them and understand what they're, what they are, uh, what they're thinking. You slow down, you get everybody off the horses just as they begin to fade. So long, Chester. I named mine Chester. <laughs> you sure did. You're not <laughs> supposed to name them. <laughs> Chester might be back. Chester may be back. We'll see if this, if this spell ever gets cast again. All right. Um, and you're now on foot. So you have about an hour of walking before, Ebby. You're fairly certain that's when you will get to the Ford. Um, what is the marching order again? If you want to just clue me in as well as all of the people listening. 
Um, should Ebby take the lead for now, I guess, mm. while we're out and about in the wild? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. As when we get off the horses, Roos is going to tie a rope around his waist and tie the other end of it to Applebottom's waist. So we're taking the manacles off of his legs. No, no, no. He's still manacled. Oh, oh, so he's just like he's shuffling. OK, so you're tied to you're tied to Ramsey and Ramsey's being still carried by Sabrina or by. Yeah. By... And my I'll explain my thought as we're as we're walking. I'll, I'll tell everybody when we're fording this river. Worst case scenario, he gets taken down river. And well, one of us has got to be there to save him. So. OK, uh, Pine will take up the rear then um, just to with Abby in front leading the way. If. He somehow gets out and tries to make a run for it. Pine will be there ready with his hand on his sword the whole time. All right. Well, very good. Okay. You, um, you hike through these, uh, through these woods. You see that there's a lot of evergreen trees up here, but there's also a lot of deciduous trees, lots of multicolored leaves, um, lots of bare trees already. Um, there's leaves blowing across the path. Uh, it's been relatively dry for the last couple of days. Um, so it's not that muddy, but um, it looks like it looks like it's going to start raining here very soon. And after about an hour or an hour and 20 minutes, you come around a corner and it kind of opens up into this view of the river. Um, so where you're at in the river, um, the Ford, uh, you when you approach the river, you're kind of up on a little bit of a rise and the path you're on goes right down to the bank of the river. Um, and you can see that there's a place where the bank of the river is kind of lower than the rest of it. And that is the Ford. It goes straight across the river and then it climbs the other side of the bank. Um, and Ebby, you have done this before, you know, that the actual Ford itself, the actual, um, safe place to walk across is quite narrow. Um, so you will probably have to go across single file or risk, uh, dropping in the drink. So we've already done Got we've it. already done some Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. I'm on the lookout for Will Scarlet and Little John. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um the, the only thing I could think of was you've got balls of solid rock. <laughs> there was a rich man from Nottingham. Isn't that the song that he sang? <laughs> oh <my> exactly. <laughs> All right, you guys. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So you are approaching this Ford. Um, why don't you guys make a Perception checks. Let's have you guys do a perception check with uh, one person make it with advantage. I think. Uh, mm. Mm, well, um, I think that uh, Nari, you did some some special training in perception, didn't you? Yeah, I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty perceptive. I don't want to toot my own horn here, but um, I rolled a twenty-two. Oh gosh! All right, as you guys are approaching the ford, you guys don't quite get down into the water when Nari suddenly um off to your left, you hear uh a noise in the bushes. And as you glance over to the side, you can't help but you see something something large moving in the bushes on this side of the river, but um off to your left. And as you look over, I'll, sorry, what? Oh, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll kind of shout who's there and, and turn towards it. Okay. You turn towards it. And as you look, you see what looks like a very large um, shape of a, a large cat. Um, it is. It looks like a Suicune. <laughs> it is big. 
it is like the size of a lion or a tiger. It's got spots on its skin. It has these big, long whiskers that come down and kind of flap in the air by its head. Um, and like it has like long ears on its head. Um, Nari, why don't you make a quick survival check? All right. I got a 16. It is okay. a Suicune. That's a what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a, po- it's a Pokemon. Oh, no, this is not a Suicune. <laughs> you recognize this. This is a this is a red panther. Um, you live up in the mountains and sometimes these uh, like packs of red panthers will um, uh, harass people moving to the mountains, especially small groups. Um, you don't usually expect them this far out of the mountains, but there is a red panther. Uh, you would know it anywhere. Um, so two things you get from your 16. One, this is a red panther. Two, they usually move in packs. So here's what we'll do. We are going to roll initiative uh, and we'll go from there. And I don't have any special knowledge of like what scares them or, you know, making yourself big. Uh, so <laughs> I know that we're going to be entering initiative. Yes. But um, I think. I, my hope is that Ebby can start talking to these things and see if he can't get them to like kind of stay steer clear of us, you know? Right. Uh, kind of like what you see people do when they encounter bears in the woods where they're like, hey, bear, hey, bear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bear, oh, bear, oh, bear, oh, bear. <laughs> Announce your presence. Does that work, though? <laughs> oh, it, it, it works for black bears, not for brown bears. Okay, so Pine rolled an 18. Okay. Ebby got an 11. Roos got a 15. Nari got a 15 too. Nari got a 15. All right. Let me add Nari. Awesome, to this guys. List. We are continuing the streak of matching an initiative roll every fight. <laughs> the, uh, the enemy looks vaguely like a Kawerol from Final Fantasy. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 Okay, so um, now nobody is surprised because Nari um, let it be known that uh, something was in the bushes real quick. So Pine, you get to act first. I want you to make a perception check. Pine rolled a 14. Okay, Pine, as you quickly glance around, you don't see what she is talking about, but you do see that behind you and off to the right, you see another one of these red panthers. Well, like it was stalking up behind you. Okay. Well, then Pine will say, there's one over here. You get, you get. And I will uh, draw my saber and I'm going to ready an attack. If it closes with me, I will attack it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um, That brings us now to Roos. Roos is going to nudge Nari and say, Drop Apple Bottom. I'll stand guard on him. And I'm going to ready um, a dagger to throw if one of them approaches uh, the party. Okay. All right. And Nari, it's your turn. So yeah, I will drop Apple Bottom. Um, and then I'm going <laughs> to just kind of try to make myself loud and just say, hey, get out of here. Um, but I will pull out one of my hand a- or my hand axes and be ready to throw them if the creatures make a move towards me. OK, so it sounds like what we've got, we've got Roos has a dagger ready to throw as an action. 
Pine has his sword ready to ready to attack as an action. Um, and um, Nari has a, a throwing axe ready to throw it if something comes towards you guys. Lots hey, of prepared Paul, do, actions. Do you want to say that again, but say reaction? As a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as a reaction, everybody has um, has readied attacks as their reactions so far. So we have Pine's ready to react with a sword swipe, and Roos is ready to throw a dagger as a reaction, and Nari is ready to throw a hand axe as a reaction. Um, that brings us now to... Um, that brings us to the alpha. All right. From the kind of, uh, ahead of you and off to the right, you suddenly hear this thrashing in the trees and this, um, it's not so much like one size bigger than the other ones, but it is definitely a larger, um, a larger red panther comes bounding through the trees, leaps up over the cliff, uh, kind of the, the bank, and comes rushing right at the very easy prey of Applebottom sitting on his butt in the dirt. And he is going to bite at Applebottom. Uh, and I believe, I believe that's a miss. Shouldn't the there first... be a dagger and an axe in his face? That's, that's for you guys to decide. Yeah. So he's part of your party? Okay, why don't you guys, uh, let's see a, a dagger throw and an axe throw. Roos got a 26 to hit. Okay. Nari got a 16 to hit. You both hit. Why don't you guys roll some damage? Roos got a an 8. An 8? Okay. And Nari got a 9. Nari got a 9. Okay, just like that, he gets hit with some serious damage. Um, and let's see. So he tried this, uh, red panther tried to bite at apple bottom and managed to miss, but here comes the claw. <laughs> did you just, did you just quote liar, liar? <laughs> here comes the claw. <laughs> here comes the claw. You're afraid, You're afraid of the claw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it looks like, um, apple bottom does get hit one time, um, with a claw and he is going to take. Uh, looks like five damage. All right, five damage to Apple Bottom, and that brings us now to next in line. Who would be Ebby? Alrighty then. Um, <laughs> another. Let's. Another, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> just we're just feeling it tonight, guys. That's all. Um, I should have had a better idea before I started this turn. Okay, I think what I'm going to do is actually use second level spell slot and. Summon an apparition beast of Lord Moshe, um, one of the land ones. So basically summon a bestial spirit um, to come and fight with us. Okay. And so it will take its turn right after my turn. And it will have, it's got, well, I guess you don't need to know the, the hit points. But basically, it's going to be like one of those, the hounds that I had summoned previously. Kind okay. of one of those. um like wolfhound type things, wolf things. Um, so I'm going to summon that. Where are you going to put it? Let's let's put it right in north of Chancellor Ramsey, kind of adjacent to that Alpha Panther okay. thing. Okay, it just kind of pops up out of out of the uh, out of the air, out of your chest plate, kind of how it does. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And then I think I'm going to kind of 
close in ranks so that way we're not separated and just move a little bit closer to Nari and that wolfhound thing. Uh, and that'll be that'll be my turn for now. I don't really have anything else I can do. Um, the wolf thing, though, we're going to have that go ahead and make an attack against the um, the alpha creature. OK. So it rolled an eight to hit. That is a miss. OK. Bummer. OK. And that's your turn. Uh, yeah. Oh, does it would it get advantage on the attack because of pack tactics? Does it have pack tactics? It does have pack tactics. Well, Roos is technically threatening this creature as well. So, yeah. OK, cool. Well, let me just see if we can roll it again to see if anything else. <laughs> An 11. <laughs> no, 11. No, that still does not hit. OK. OK, this thing is snarling and yipping at you and um, at, at Ramsey trying to grab him and drag him away into the bushes. Oh, I guess there's one other thing. Can, I'm sorry. I'm taking forever on this turn, guys. My apologies. That's fine. Um, could I try talking to it? Sure. Um, just in the Sylvan Druidic language, I want to try and tell it this. There's no meal here. Just back off. Okay. You hear it snarl at you. Um, and, and what, what it kind of the impression that you get as it kind of swipes its claw, you not as, not as an attack, but just kind of like, um, almost like a part of its communication with you is, um, I see one easy meal, but you're making it too difficult then um are you gonna try to persuade it or anything yeah i mean i let me try maybe an intimidation or something like that if that's cool with you i don't have great intimidation but you yeah. can try it it's gonna be a high difficulty yeah this probably won't work then but we'll give it a shot yeah i rolled a nine ebby rolled a nine <laughs> you might want to go away somewhere else please that's kind of the intimidation <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how it very non-committal <laughs> like uh maybe not this guy I mean, hey. if, if you want you know um okay oh, gee. <laughs> all right <laughs> so that leaves <laughs> that's ebby's turn um and now from the bushes you see not only were there these two on this side along with the alpha but across the river you see three more of these um large red panthers um come out of the bushes and two of them come rushing across the river, um, kind of along the ford. Um, a third one uh, almost gets clear across, but he's still kind of in the water. But the one that um, Nari first saw and the one that Pine saw that were already on this side of the river, they both come rushing in towards the group. So Pine, you can make your reaction. Um, Nari, you already used your reaction. So Pine, why don't you do your attack? All right, Pine rolled 21 to hit. Okay, why don't you uh, roll some damage then? Okay, so I'm going to deal 14 piercing damage, and okay. then I'm also going to uh, use my Swordmaster's Fury. I like to think that um, the Swordmaster's Fury, for like basically for every extra D8 of damage, it's almost like he does an extra cut, like an extra little swipe, because he's a, you know, a, a quick, agile swordsman. Yeah, yeah. So let me go ahead and roll another 2D8, because I'll do a first level spell. Uh, so that's another seven radiant damage on top of that. So the total would be 21. Okay, fantastic. All right. That was your reaction. Mm -hmm. And now the so you're going to get attacked. Um, Pine and he comes charging you. He pounces at you and he gets a oh, that's pretty good. He gets a 23 to hit you. That definitely hits. Okay, so um, the first thing he does is he attacks you with his claws which is um 
You take seven damage, and I need you to make a strength check, a strength saving throw. Oh, brutal. I got an 18, though, with a minus oh. one. Fantastic. Well, you do not get knocked prone. All right. Um, and then he doesn't get his second attack on you because you did not get knocked prone. Oh, good. Okay. Now, um, let's see. All right. Ebby, the second one comes rushing between you and Nari, sees that you are the smaller um, prey and uh, leaps at you and does a pouncing attack against you. So does a 16 hit you, Ebby? Oh, yeah, that just does. Okay. You take six damage, and I need a strength saving throw from you. Okie dokie. Come on, big money. Ooh, an 18 as well. Oh, my gosh. All right. So you also do not get knocked prone, and he does not get to get a bite attack against you. Okay. That brings us back up to the top of the round. Now, Pine, it should be your turn. Uh, Pine, as you are. fighting off these um these uh creatures here you you glance over to the side kind of off to your right where that um that first panther that you saw was and you start to see almost like it looks like mist or or smoke or something is kind of rising up out of the ground and from behind a bush you see this creature uh come out of the um come out of the bushes and um you and i already talked about what this creature is why don't you describe what uh what you see pine so so what this is this is a creature that uh, is called an 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 alaton uh it's basically think of it kind of like an anime elk um so it's uh it's kind of got that same um what do do you call it a main uh jordan that like the, the the extra hair around the head and neck uh yeah yeah but it doesn't have any antlers instead it has it it has very long almost elf-like ears that slope back um kind of like uh, night elves from world of warcraft right um and then and then on the tip of its nose uh, these creatures these alatons have almost like a rhinoceros horn uh but this one in particular it's the horn coming from it on, on the tip of its nose is straight and it's like um it's like a natural jagged crystal uh normally they come in colors from like gray red brown depending on where they live but this one um is green kind of blue and purple almost like the colors of the aurora borealis um and i also should mention um they have uh like a, a, almost like a fox's tail and these are creatures that can be tamed and can be ridden, but they're notoriously more difficult than something like a horse. These would definitely be like an exotic mount, something that, you know, either a general would ride or like a very rich merchant might have or something it might have in like their menagerie or something like that. Did that sound cool, guys? Does that sound like a cool animal? Yeah, it sounds rad. It did, but I'm still thinking about using an ultra ball to try catching it. (laughs) 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 Got to put it to sleep first. Um, As it steps out, Pine, you notice one more thing about this, uh, this Adalon. Um, You see that on its back, it has like Alaton. Yes. Because then Atalon is French for a stallion. Okay, this Alaton, um, as you, you glance over this Alaton, you see that strapped to its back, you see what looks like a, a very long uh, sword. 
is is kind of wrapped around its its uh, hindquarters. Um, it steps out of the bushes, looking very regal, glances across the battlefield, and makes eye contact with you, Pine. Um, as you as you make eye contact, you see a little twinkle in its eye, and you can swear that it winks at you. And now, Pine, go ahead. You have control of this uh, this Alaton. Um, it is it is your Alaton's turn. This uh, is going it's going to use a trampling charge and come at the. Uh... It's going to come at the red panther that uh, kind of uh, came at me and attacked me. So let's see what it does. It's going to charge at it. It's going to make a hoof attack. And if it hits, then it'll have to make um, this red panther will have to make a strength check. Perfect. Okay. So does a 10 hit? A 10 does not hit. Well, hooray. (laughs) It looks pretty rad, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, That brings us then to Pine. It is your turn now. Okay, well, with with uh, this creature on the other side of the Red Panther, kind of behind it, Pine's going to continue attacking it. Um, so I'll go ahead and make my first attack on this Red Panther. Uh, and I'm going to up that to a 23 with my, um, with my uh, disciplined focus, uh, my targeted strike. Perfect, that is a hit. Okay, um, and then, so then for the damage, it'll be another 14 damage. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to do one more um uh Swordmaster's Fury. A okay. level one. A level one? That's another ten damage on top of that. Okay. As you uh, as you go in for that second slice, um you catch it right underneath the jaw and you just manage to slit its throat. It tumbles down to the ground. It seems like this Alaton came out and the, the Red Panther was distracted by it and you managed to find a an opening. So there is one of these red panthers that is now down. Okay. Um, so that was my uh, first attack. I'm going to come over next to the alpha now. So I, so I can be kind of, because of the positioning, I can be next to the alpha and next to the Alaton, correct? Yes, you can. Okay. All right. So I'll take my second attack against the alpha. Okay. And I'm going to, let's see. Okay. So uh, does a 17 hit? A 17 does hit, yes. All right, so the damage is 9. Okay. I'm going to burn a, another... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going so fast. Um, I'm going to burn another first level. Um, do another 2d8 damage. Okay. Uh, that's another 14 damage. So that is a total of 23. Okay. And then as my bonus action... <laughs> Um, I'm going to draw the sword from the back of this Alaton, and I'm just going to kind of, you know, the, uh, at the end of Braveheart, when, uh, William Wallace's friend just like chucks the, the claymore out into the field. Oh yeah. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like frisbee it out, um, to, uh, the other side of the alpha kind of like toss it over him. And, uh, as it, as I toss it out there, um, something, something just catches it out of the air and instantly goes in for a strike. Um, if you look closely, this sword is an S-talk, which Paul described earlier, which is basically like a great sword rapier. Um, and, uh, if you look closely, you can see kind of almost an ethereal frock coat, officer's coat and half cape, um, behind this, this sword. Uh, this is my 
this is my spiritual weapon. It's called Kenig's Estoc. And my and as I throw it, I say, Field Marshal, sir, I ask your aid. All right. Let the Estoc make an attack. Uh, the 15 hit. A 15 does hit. For another nine force damage. Nine force damage. This uh, alpha is looking incredibly hurt. All right. Okay, just, so every, just so everybody knows that in those like reaction and in my one turn, I have burned through four. No. Four of my no five of my six spell slots. <laughs> wow. no, so if it seems like I was doing a lot of damage and stuff, I can only do that once. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. All right. That brings us now to Roos. Roos, you've got a uh, apple bottom in front of you. You've got some crazy floating sword across the way. You've got a um a weird um Alaton creature. Um and you've got some uh some big cats coming at you. Roos is barely recognizing most of that that's happening, and he's very concerned with his mark with uh, Ramsey. So he's going to try his best to divert the attention of the Alpha away from Ramsey as best he can, uh, kind of step in between them. Is there any way that I could like shuffle Ramsey behind me and step in front? So if you want to use your action to grab him and pull him behind you, you can do that. It's going to be a, a strength check to do it. Because right now the alpha is right up there and it's been it's been clawing at Apple Bottom. So Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to do. No, I'll I'll use my action to pull out um my short sword and my offhand dagger. Okay. And I will take a strike with my short sword. I rolled an eighteen to hit. That hits. And then ten piercing damage and five precision damage. So 15 total. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then for my offhand weapon, my dagger, I rolled a 13 to hit. 13 does hit. How much damage? Oh, uh, with that one, just three. Just three. Okay, this guy is in very bad shape. And I'm, I want to try and like make as much noise and like divert as much attention as I can to try and, I don't know, get yeah, it yeah. so that it's not looking at Ramsey. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, t- to be fair, um, this alpha has definitely noticed the people who keep hitting it um, as opposed to the the easy meal on the ground. Um, but it is now the alpha's turn. So we're going to see. I'm going to make a quick check to see if if it is uh, how ready it is to die for this. Um, it looks like what this thing is going to do is it is going to attempt to make a bite attack against Ramsey. Can he hit? He's too distracted from all these blows. So he tries to bite at Ramsey to drag him away. Ramsey manages to kind of roll out of the way. And then the alpha sensing his uh, ultimate uh, destruction uh, decides to turn and run. So that means that a couple people can get uh, a tax opportunity against him if they want. That'd be Pine and Roos. Yes, please. Okay. Can my pack animal? Oh yeah. And, and the pack animal and the, uh, the, uh, the creature. So who wants to make their attack first? Okay. So it looks like, Looks like Pine made his attack first. So uh, we'll see some, if... somebody else can make an attack first. I did a lot of damage. I'll, I'll, <laughs> clean, I'll be the I'll clean up. I'll be the what are the cleanup batter if we need to. Roos got a fifteen to hit with his short sword. Okay, that hits. Let's see what damage you can do. Now, since I already got sneak attack this round, I don't think I get it again. You only get it once a round. Yeah. So so just six damage this time. Okay. So that 
leads us to a total. If my math is correct, that is 74 total damage to the alpha. This alpha had 74 hit points. So this alpha mm-hmm. is now dead. All right. Can I, can I have cut off one of his whiskers while I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's how you kill him. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they go down. Awesome. Okay, that brings so now the uh, the alpha is dead. Let's bring that brings us to Nari. Nari, you've got an alpha, or you've got a, a red panther behind you, um, or to your left. And then you've got three more coming um, coming down the road uh, across the ford at you. Okay, I'm going to help my homeboy Ebby here and go after the one that's right next to us. Okay. Um, with my axe, so I rolled a twenty-two to hit. That definitely hits. And I got seven damage on that guy. And then okay. I'm going to attack again. Are you um, with your great axe or are you with a hand axe? Oh, uh, great axe. And then, yeah, I was going to attack again. Um, there you go. 24 to hit. Oh, that hits. And 15 damage. Oh, man. Yeah. And just like that, this uh, red panther is uh, over half of his hit points are gone. Very Direct. good. <laughs> Anything else you want to do, Nari? I will just kind of move myself a little bit, like in front of Ebby, and put myself between him and the rest of the oncoming Panthers. Like this way? Yeah. Okay. All right. Nari, the human shield. All right. Ebby, you've got a, a very hurt Red Panther next to you and three more approaching from the north. All right. Um,. I'm going to use, I'll start off with my bonus action to use Innervating Strike to kind of charge up the fighting baton. Perfect. And then I'll use my action to go ahead and have a swipe at that same panther that Nari was beating the tar out of. So let's go ahead and roll for that one. A 17 to hit. That hits. And for damage, 10 damage. Okay. Yeah, very hurt. In fact, you, you, you hear like a bone crack in its leg and it starts to like favor um, one of its front uh, one of its front legs. Very cool. And I'm also going to continue to yell perhaps a little bit louder to all the other ones and in Sylvan and say, leave now or you will all die this day. OK, why don't you make an intimidate check and. Um... Just make one check, and I'm going to make some saves, one of them with disadvantage. Cool. Uh, Ebby rolled a 15. Oh, man, with that Intimidate check, Pine's ready to retreat, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. Okay. You rolled a what? A 15? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, very nice. Okay, and it's it's now the, uh, the Red Panther's turn. Um, oh, one sec. I've got my pack animal that gets to <laughs> oh, yeah. go right after me. Sorry. No, no. That's um, all good. You do your thing, man. So it will kind of bound in between um, where Apple Bottom is laying, I guess, and kind of come over this way and have an attack also on that same panther that I was fighting. Okay. So let me pull up his stats here and we'll make an attack roll with advantage because of pack tactics. That's a nine. Wait, hold on. There we go. Uh, It rolled a 22 to hit. That definitely hits. Cool. And it does 11 damage. Oh, man. Well, just as this red panther is about ready to turn and run, your uh, your summoned creature just clobbers it. 
and it goes down dead as well. That brings us now to the Red Panther's turn. What you see is you see the so there's there's basically there's three Red Panthers approaching you from across the ford. Uh, two are kind of in the front. One is still back in the water. The one in the water sees what just happened and and hears you, Ebby, kind of snarl and growl at it, and it turns and runs uh, back across the ford and um, up and over the bank. The uh, the two that are left, the one to the left comes rushing at uh, Nari, and the one to the right, it takes off far to the right and disappears in the bushes off to the right. So Nari, you are going to get attacked. Oh, you got hit by a natural 20. This is a critical Ah. hit. Okay, so we are going to roll some damage. That will be 15 damage. And I need a strength saving throw, please. Oh my goodness. Difficulty 13. Okay, I got 19. Okay, well, you are not knocked prone, and he does not get a second bite attack against you. All okay, right. 15 damage. Yeah, you, you got rocked. Ouch. All right, and that brings us back up to the top. We have the, uh, the Aelaton. It's the Aelaton's turn. Okay, the Aelaton is going to go ahead and uh, close in on this last remaining uh, panther up there by Nari. Uh, so it's going to charge with its uh, with it the, the horn on its face, um, and it will. Let's see. It rolled a nine to hit. <laughs> <laughs> it does not hit. Does your Aelaton have pack tactics? No. Okay. Well, the funny thing is, is these red panthers have pack tactics, and nobody was ever. None of them were ever in the right position to actually ever get pack tactics against anybody. So anyway, well, there is one red panther left, and Pine, it is your turn. Okay, Pine, I don't think can get to it. Let's see. Um, I think the Pine is... Uh, uh, no, Pine can get to it. Um, as well as, I believe, Pine, the um, Kenig's S-Talk can also get to it. Yes. So uh, let's go ahead and have Kenig's S-Talk go first. Okay. From a bonus action. And it rolled a natural one, so that will miss. Okay. But then Pine will take uh, his first attack. It's a 23. That hits uh, for 10 damage. Okay. And then his second attack is a 24 to hit for 12 damage. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Okay. And just like that, this uh, Red Panther is hurting as well. Okay. That's my turn. Roos. Roos will um, step up to Applebottom and kneel down and, um, and say, well, good thing we survived this one. And that's it. That's that's my turn. And you hear a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, nod your head if, if you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, with his one hand uh, you know, tied down to his feet, you see one finger raise up. Can you guess which <laughs> finger it was? It's a thumb. <laughs> It's a thumb saying, yeah, I'm cool. Thumbs up. Still alive. Did he did he he mumble mango? Mango. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nari, you're up. You got this one last red panther right in front of you. It looks like it is uh rethinking its decision, but it's still right there. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it with my axe. I got a 15 to hit. That hits. Nice. So I am going to do uh six damage. Nice. And then I'm going to swing for it again with the 17 to do 
um, 14 damage. Oh, man. Jeez, you guys made really short work of these red panthers. All right, and just like that, this panther goes down. Okay, we are going, unless somebody wants to chase down the two fleeing red panthers who are actually running in two different directions, uh, we can leave initiative. This sounds like a job for Wolf Ebby. (laughs) 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 I might let this one go this time, guys. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man, that's great. Okay, so, uh, yeah, the the battle is over. You have these these large, uh, you know, basically... um, leopard-sized uh, cat creatures um, laying dead in the grass, four of them. What do you guys want to do? Can we do any sort of, like, perception or investigation to see if they were possibly sent magically? Like, I'm, I'm just a little worried that they conveniently showed up and tried to get our prisoner. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what, Nari? That's a great question. You already made a pretty good survival check. I'll let you do one more survival check, but some of the information you've already got from your first one. Okay. Twenty-four. Oh, fantastic. Um. So, what you know of red panthers, having grown up in the mountains, you know that they are, you know, your typical predator. They'll go after the weak, the young, um, and it looked like um a bound and gagged, uh, you know, um, man-sized treat. Uh, was definitely the easiest target. Um, And that's more than likely why they went for uh, the Chancellor. But what you also know with your 24 is they probably have some kind of a a den around here. And Red Panthers are notorious for attacking like um, humanoids, you know, people. Um, So oftentimes, you know, uh, I don't know if you would have been a part of this, but you've probably heard stories about, um, you know, hunting down Red Panthers in their den and finding like bodies and money and gear and that kind of stuff in their den that is tempting okay sounds like this was pretty standard <laughs> yeah. yeah it sounds like it was just a pretty standard you know um a pack of of uh of uh cats trying to get some uh some food in their bellies before winter sets in so do we want to see if they got any gold <laughs> <laughs> the only odd thing is the fact that they are this far out of the mountains usually they're up higher and this is this is a little bit low uh, for them to be normally. Well, if Nari shared that information with with Pine, I mean, yeah, a cave full of potential resources on our journey. That sounds a little tempting, especially considering we've taken care of most of the pack. Would I have an idea of how large like would this be about an average pack size? It's actually, oh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six and an alpha. That's that's a pretty normal size. You'd you'd usually expect anywhere between five and and eight. Nice. Okay. Yeah. No, that seems like it might be some good value. In the wild, the animals would never pass up an easy meal. If it's easy to if we can track them back to their cave, then it might do us some good to find some additional loot. Um, Okay. Pine will, um, so when, when Pine's, um, spell, uh, Ken Exestok, uh, ends, uh, basically the, the apparition presents the sword back to Pine and Pine takes it graciously. 
Awesome. You can almost see, you can't make out features, but you can almost see like a silhouette, a little glowing nimbus where a head would be in it as it kind of bows its head to you. And Pinewood bows in. As it, as it hands you the S-talk hilt first. Thank you. And then Pine will head over to the Alaton and start doing, basically like approaching it cautiously and, and attempting to, you know, um, uh, pet its, uh, uh, you know, to, to pet its face uh, and um, kind of look a little bit. Of, it, the the S talk was um, in a sheath strapped to this to this Alaton, You said, yeah, it was, yeah. and the sh- the the belt that the sheath was attached to looks like it's very well made hand, you know, hand stitched leather and everything. Um, and it looks the, the belt is not obviously designed for the Alaton. It's just kind of strapped around there. And as you kind of reach up and start examining the, the sheath, it actually just kind of comes off in your hand. OK. All right. Well, I will put that on and I will start and I will carry this sword with me on my back. Um, but I'm going to. You know, uh, Pine is going to be over there with the Alaton kind of just doing like the get to know the animal thing, like let it smell my hands and stuff and just talking to it like you would, you know, a pet. It it's, it smells the blood um, and it seems a little bit skittish at first. And when you first reach for its nose, it kind of rears its head back and then it kind of sniffs your hand and then it lets you and it nuzzles your hand a little bit. And you guys are making uh, making friends. Yeah, I speak to it in Menorese because that's my experience with, you know, with horses and other you know mounts so i kind of uh speak to it in menorese awesome. while he's doing that ebby is also going to approach and speak to the to the elaton and sylvan and say he's good he's a friend and just kind of trying to like basically give the help action to whatever pine is trying to do right now fantastic um uh matt what does an elaton sound like give us your best your best elaton impression <laughs> Um, so, so Jordan, I know that you hunt, uh, do you by any chance have an elk call handy? <laughs> not, not handy. No. And I'm, I would be worried. I would wake up my whole know, house, but it's basically, <laughs> it's basically kind of that almost squeal howl. Like when it, okay. when it, but other than that, it kind of just does some soft grunts. All right. Um, so, uh, it, it kind of lets out that squeal, that high pitched kind of that, uh, the, the elk horn sound. Um, and Ebby, you, you recognize Ebby, you, why don't you make an, an insight check? Sure. And I'm going to tell you Nari as well with that 24 survival check. Um, you have no problem figuring out, uh, where the alpha came from. uh, If you wanted to track, uh, back to its den. Yeah, no, that seems like that would be a good place to start. Okay. Uh, Ebby got an 18 on his insight check. Okay, so as you are, as you hear this, this bugle, this horn um, call from this Alaton, you recognize this is, um, you've, you've seen an Alaton around, um, never really close like this. Um, uh, you've heard that they're, you know, they're relatively intelligent. This one, though, just you, looking in its eyes, it seems more intelligent than it should. Um, and the the call that you hear it almost sounds like it's saying i know this one meaning pine um this one is mine i think uh i'll respond to it and say indeed uh and he is a good one thank you for your assistance in the fight 
and it tosses its head as if to say yes and let's have another another bugle call all right so nari's got the trail back to the den roos what are you doing you uh you still just harassing ramsey no i i want to make sure that he's okay that he's not gonna die um but other than that just kind of like teasing him and like well that was a close one we had a bunch of these red panthers on us but uh if we didn't kill you, then they might have. So, okay. So, um, here's what I want you to do, um, Roost. Just as you're checking him out, why don't you make a medicine check? Because he did get attacked. Roost got a, a twenty on a medicine check. Nice, a dirty twenty. Um, as yeah. you're kind of looking him over, you can see that he did take a. You know, he did get scratched a little bit. Uh, there are a couple points where, like, you can see the teeth marks in his jacket. And as you're looking, you. You're not quite sure, but you think that there should probably be more damage to him than there is. But you're not quite sure. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, okay. so maybe he's more resilient than you thought. I mean, you yeah. did just fight him yesterday, but you know he's also mm-hmm. exhausted. So Okay. Well, I'll pull out my repair crystal since mm-hmm. he's wearing my clothes. And so while I'm kind of talking to him and teasing him, I am using this crystal to kind of like mend where the, the Panthers had cut the, the clothes. So okay. they're back in good order. Perfect. All right. And uh, Nari, you're kind of following the trail of this um, alpha, probably not going too far. I would assume until everyone else is ready to follow you or are you going at it? No, yeah. Just kind of getting the general direction and seeing where it came from. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it had it came from um a little bit further east um through the bushes. It should be fairly easy to track. These are big um big creatures. They don't they rely on stealth, not so much moving quietly, but more like um lying in wait, right? So when they move, they're not necessarily trying to um trying to move quietly. Uh they kind of wait for things to approach them and then they come crashing through the bushes. So it shouldn't be too bad of a of a trail to follow. So when everybody's ready to follow, you guys can go check out the den. Yes, we should. We should probably go quickly, though, before the again, before the storm hits. Yes. Move while the iron is hot, right? I've decided I'm going to call this one Crumbles. <laughs> it's a good name. It is a good name. So, Pine, did you did you summon this Alaton somehow or, or bring it, conjure it here? <sighs> I had a very strange experience this morning. Um, while we were eating breakfast, I, I dozed. I thought I was tired, but I think it was more than that. I had a vision, a vision of a former commanding officer and friend. Um, he told me that he would continue to help me in the fight. And I believe this was his sword. That, of that I'm certain. But I believe he sent this magnificent beast. Is that that's the that's the Harry Potter movies, huh? Magnificent Beasts. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he he sent this amazing beast to help us. <laughs> uh, that's great. You you filter yourself because you accidentally quoted a uh, said the name of a book. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes, I believe. Yeah, I believe he sent it to help us. Well, we're always grateful for the help. No, yeah. shall we be on our way then? Yes, come, crumbles. Come on. Uh, and uh yeah by the way thank you uh, a friend of mine aaron he had a chubby pony in one of the games that i played with him where he named it crumbles and i've loved that name for a mount ever since so this <laughs> alaton's name will be crumbles fantastic as you actually go to follow um nari 
um, uh, Crumbles actually um, kind of dips a shoulder down for you to to get on if you want to. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Pine gets up on this Aelaton. Ah, a, definitely a mount uh, for a for a lieutenant general. All right. Um, Nari, you start moving through the bushes and through the uh, trees uh, over some little rises. Uh, you don't have to go very far, maybe just about six or seven minutes before you come around a corner and you see that there is a, uh, a small cave. And when I say small, I mean shallow. It's, it's large enough for you to walk in and only have to duck a little bit. Um, and, and for you, that's saying something. Um, it is very dark inside, though. I have a red candle. Yeah, I was just having to wait till someone, till everyone's here and ask for a light because I don't want to walk in blind. Okay. Awesome. So you're going to, you're going to use your red candle pine? I'm going to pull out the red candle. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) A quick question, Paul. Uh, How far away was the cave? Is it within an hour journey from where we are here? Six minutes, six or seven minutes is all. Oh, okay. Great. Okay. You guys didn't have to go very far at all. It's almost like these, these creatures had set up here at the Ford knowing that things would have to, cross here so it was probably a good place to catch prey cool okay okay all right you pull out your candle um your red candle what are you gonna do with it i know it does a couple different things oh we'll just i'll just magically light it and then i'll let it, i'll set it floating in the air okay D- does it have a red light or is it just a regular flame <laughs> it's a regular flame <laughs> okay but were you, were you gonna tell me i didn't have to put on the red light I was just about to sing the song. I was like seconds from busting it out. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. All right. As the candle lights up. (laughs) As the candle lights up the uh, the area, you can see that the the den, this cave, is not very deep. It's probably goes only goes back about 20 feet. Um, you can see that they're lying around. You see um uh bones of different creatures. Um, you see that there's some piles of refuse. So why don't you guys make like a, 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 a group investigation check. One person make it with advantage and then we'll see what you guys manage to find. Not me. Not me. Roos got a 24 on investigation. Nice. Oh, fantastic. We're going to be so rich. <laughs> as you guys are, <laughs> as you guys are looking through this, uh, this cave, you see that there is, um, there's piles of bones and things. There's also um, like inorganic material as well in there it's fairly easy to find it the light kind of reflects off of certain things you do find um like uh, a pouch a couple of different pouches actually in different places and so total between all of the different pouches that you find you find like 55 gold pieces worth of gems um not crystals but gems and then you find um another uh let's see here you find another between all of this uh you find 35 gold pieces and 65 silver pieces. Do you guys want the copper pieces? Yeah. Heck yeah, that's, that buys us beer. Yeah, Roos will take copper. I mean, money is money. <laughs> All right, you find 93 copper pieces. The other thing that you find um, as you're searching through, um, you find that there is definitely some um, human remains in here. Uh, most of them are just travelers. Um, uh, they just wearing like, uh, you know, warm weather clothing. You find a couple staves, like walking sticks. Um, but um, Nari, as you're digging through, you find um, what must be a warrior of some kind because they are wearing uh, chain mail. And as the light reflects off of this chain mail, 
it it looks a little different than your chainmail. Your chainmail is all beat up and kind of dull, and the light reflects off this chainmail, and it is quite quite bright and shiny, even in this cave. Damn! Check out this drip. <laughs> so this this figure that has this chainmail on i mean it's it's been here a while the uh like the the flesh is all gone off of the body um the head has been you know basically severed from the body um but this chainmail is still pristine um and also there's a there's a sword uh, like a long sword at the waist and off in the corner you do find like a a wooden shield um and the wooden shield like it looks like it's all scratched up well, I will for sure take that armor. Can I tell what it does? Um, as you start taking the armor off of this dead body, why don't you make a perception check? Very, very low difficulty. If it's anything special. All right, um, 11. As you're pulling this armor off, it doesn't seem quite right. It seems lighter than it should. And your brain instantly clicks mithril. Um, you have now in your hands mithril chainmail. Sweet. Well, I would love to put that baby on. Okay. So I think there's more to this hobbit than meets the eye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did that just happen? No, his was just a chain shirt. His it's not the same thing at all. It's totally different. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, there is mithril chain mail. Oh gosh. Well, I guess you guys now know where I get all my inspiration. Um yeah, so you find this this uh, this mithril chainmail. Um, you also there's a longsword and a and a shield as well. Uh, other than that, the the room is pretty. The den is pretty much uh, empty of anything usable. So that's that's what you guys managed to find. So did the math while you were talking on the gold, and so Russell kind of divided up. One person gets eight gold, then the other three get nine, and we can divide that out. One person. I'll take the eight. That's okay. fine. There's. Three people that will get 16 silver and one will get 17. Abby gets and 17. Then, okay. There you go. And then for the copper, it's 23 apiece and then one person gets 24. Let's give Abby the, 20, the 24 as well, just to help make up for that one goal he didn't get. <laughs> there we go. That seems fair. Oh, guys. No. Oh. I have no idea what I'll use this for, but I am so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Next round's on me. <laughs> awesome. All right, you guys kind of finish up in the den. Um, we'll say you guys, uh, you, you clean up, find anything of value, um, and then head back to the Ford. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to do before you guys go across the Ford? Nori, is this Red Panther good eating? You know, that all depends on your perspective, and I think you should try everything once. All right. Uh, I- Pine will basically just like cut off one of the hind legs of one of these oh one gosh. of these red panthers and just kind of take it with them. <laughs> just drape it across, crumbles back. Oh, it crumbles is <laughs> far too beautiful to be sullied by that much blood. <laughs> How are we doing on that storm that's across the way? It's it's coming in. It's coming in. It looks like probably within the next hour it's going to start raining on you. And it okay. looks like just from the the clouds in the sky, it might not stop anytime soon. So you guys managed to grab this hind leg of this red panther, uh, all this other gear that you found in their den and uh, wade across through the ford um, as you guys gather your bearings and then start heading um, south along the other side of the river. Um, 
the uh, about an hour later the rain starts and it starts to pour and it starts pouring really hard the ground becomes very marshy the uh visibility becomes very very low and you guys are miserable that is where we will end for tonight all right well thank you guys for joining us tonight as we uh continue on with the crystal codex hopefully you guys had a great time if you like what you're hearing go ahead and tweet about us you can tweet at us at uh, 12 sided guys. That's one, two sided guys. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, also, hey, if anybody has like some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fan art. We would love to see what you guys uh, think of like an, an Alaton or of any of the characters, any of the NPCs you guys have met. We'd love to see some of your sexy unicorn. Fan art. <laughs> the sexy unicorn. Yes, um, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Te- uh, tweet about us. Um, let us uh, send uh, send pics. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that's where I was going? Yeah. Uh, anyway, hey, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, other than that, have a great night. We'll see you next time. Bye. Mango. Mango. (laughs) Mango. Have a great time.